Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, bottoms up, not a moment too soon, and now what? It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Hitting hard as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So it was a very successful weekend for the Atlanta Braves as they swept the Milwaukee Brewers, the first place Milwaukee Brewers, and took it right to them, and especially offensively. And one of the keys, and we talked about this last week on the podcast, one of the keys was the production that they got out of their seven, eight, and nine hitters. Now, we've talked consistently about the reason that this is the deepest lineup in Major League Baseball isn't because of their top guys. I mean, their top guys, we all know, are outstanding. And a lot of teams have good players hitting one, two, three, four. But what sets this lineup apart is their seven, eight, and nine hitters. That's where the real depth of this lineup comes in. And even to a degree, their sixth place hitter, right? I mean, Ozuna spent a lot of time in the six hole driving in a whole bunch of runs. But when you look at Ozuna, Arcia, Rosario, Michael Harris, those are the guys that by and large have hit seven, eight, nine, whatever combinations you know you can have of those guys. And it's provided that depth to where when they get things cranked up and going, it turns that lineup over. And now we get more at-bats for Ronnie and Ozzy and Olsen and Riley and things like that. Take this weekend, for example, the bottom three, the seven, eight, nine hitters, whatever combination that they had for seven, eight, nine was 12 for 31. That's a 387 batting average with four runs scored and six driven in. Now that's a good weekend. Okay. And, and, and look, that would have been good for any couple spots, you know, in the order, but especially when you look at the Braves at the very bottom of the order. You know, we, we've talked about the idea that there are no easy outs to this lineup. And and one of the things is when you saw that Rosario, uh, Ozuna, uh, Arcia, when those guys were struggling here of late, the record wasn't very good for the Braves. Now, maybe there's some just coincidence and random happenstance and, and all of that involved in this. But I definitely think that when you look at the bottom of the order for the Braves. If they can produce, this team's unbeatable. Like this, this team feels like that they're unbeatable. No matter what their pitching situation is or their bullpen situation is or this or that or what have you, if they're getting contributions out of the seven, eight, and nine hitters in their lineup, you're not going to beat the Atlanta Braves because those guys can rake it. They can mash it. Again, a guy like Harris has got all kinds of speed. He can steal bases. RC has had sneaky power all year long. 
Like there are so many things about the bottom of this order that when you look that they can beat you on any given night. You know, it's not just Ronnie Ozzy Olsen at the top of the order, right? Like those guys can just maul you and mash you to death. But you can lose games by giving up runs to the seven, eight, nine hitters in this lineup. And if you're not careful, they will go out and beat you. And that was an example that this weekend you saw that the bottom of the order produced for the Atlanta Braves. And now they're rolling along. And again, you know, for all of the hiccups and things like that, that we want to say, well, you know, the Braves going to be fine or this or that, or panicking and this, that, and the other, they went right out and swept the first place team. And I'm not telling you Milwaukee's all that great or Milwaukee's, you know, a great team or what have you, but they're still a first place club. And you went out there and took three straight and you took what five or six, you know, from the Milwaukee Brewers, a first place team over these last what week or so week and a half or so. So the Braves did their job and they pounded it out and they got their offense cranked up and going and everything kind of felt right with the world. Right. I mean, again, it, it just, it felt right for the Atlanta Braves to go in and have the, you know, sweep the, um, uh, sweep the Milwaukee Brewers when all was said and done. Everything felt right with the world, right? So, again, it feels like the Braves are back on track. They've, you know, running away with this division. We've described that the division is over. No reason to panic. Uh, again, there are longer-term things, and we'll see what happens at the deadline today because, again, obviously, you know, they're looking at Monday. I think it's Monday at 6 o'clock here today as we look. And this will be a fun series coming up with the California Angels, whatever they are, or whether Anaheim Angels or California Angels or whatever they are nowadays. But with Otani coming in, you know, no Mike Trout. But this will be a fun series here as we wrap up the month of July and move into the first couple of days of August. But as it stands right now, the Braves are still running away with the division. And a lot of this has been the fact that they have such good production from the bottom of their order. They've been so good at the bottom of their order, no matter what combination. Again, like I said, you can have Rosario, Arcia, Harris, Ozuna. You know, all of those guys have hit, you know, in the seven, eight, nine holes at some point, and they've mixed and matched and things like that. But just even the bottom half of that lineup, you know, once you get through the first, you know, five guys, whatever, that's six, seven, eight, nine spots in the order have been such a productive thing for the Atlanta Braves. It's really what has separated them and really what has made them the deepest and best lineup in Major League Baseball. And again, we've talked about how they've gotten contributions out of everybody on this team. Nobody saw Orlando Arcia starting in the All-Star game. Ozuna with the bounce back year that he has had. You know, he's on pace for a 25 homer type season, 80 RBI. Rosario's having a really good season. You know, the only guy who's really kind of not gotten it cranked up consistently has been Michael Harris. It's still been a little bit of a struggle for Michael Harris. And even we saw that there were streaks where he got things cranked up and going. And he's still stealing bases. And most importantly is he's a plus war defender out in center field for this team. That's the most important thing. Again, I can live with him not hitting at times. But again, let, let, his, let his defense do his talking for him. So again, you saw that. Over the weekend, the seven, eight, and nine hitters came through for this team. And when they get that cranked up and going and they turn this lineup over and you get more at-bats for Ronnie, Ozzie, Olsen, 
you know those guys are going to kill you. And, and you hope as a pitcher or you hope as a team that you can minimize the number of at-bats that those guys get, right? But when the bottom of the order is contributing so much and, and they're scoring runs and they're driving in runs, uh, again, it's going to put those guys up at the plate even more. And now you're dead. Now, now, now you're screwed in, in everything. So the key to this lineup has been the fact that their bottom half has been so good and so productive. And again, 12 for 31 with four runs scored and six RBI over the weekend. That's just the seven, eight, and nine spots in the order. When you're making those kinds of things happen and you're turning the lineup over, it's going to be hard to beat the Atlanta Braves. No matter what their situation is, whether they're pitching or whatever, if they can get that offense cranked up and going, they're going to be really hard to beat come playoff time. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As you know, FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And like right now, as we're in the middle of uh, the second half of the season for Major League Baseball, FanDuel's got an offer where you can get 10 times your money on your first bet up to $200 in bonus bets. That's right. If you bet 20 bucks, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. It's $200. You can bet on everything from money lines to over-unders to who you think might hit the first home run. You think Otani's going to homer tonight in the game? Bet that uh, as well. FanDuel is obviously America's number one sports book. Safe, secure, super easy to use. And most importantly is the fact that when you win with FanDuel, you get paid instantly on there. So head over today to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get $200 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. So we saw on Saturday that Max Freed made his final rehab start, which turned out to be it's going to be his final rehab start uh, for the club. And it looks like he's going to join the club uh, in Chicago as we get toward the weekend, right? So not a moment too soon for Max Free to return. Now, one is there haven't been very many left-handed starts by Braves pitching this year. And we haven't really seen anybody consistently nail down spots from the left-handed side. There's been, you know, there's been blips and bloops and different things like that, but from a consistency standpoint, we haven't seen a whole lot of left-handed starting pitching. But, you know, whereas we saw over the weekend that the Texas Rangers are getting Max Scherzer, right, and whatever banged-up, beat-up form that they've got, they've, they've got they've got Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and they could add me on there to get as many starts out of all of that. But anyway, that's a whole other separate side issue. But getting Max Freed is like dropping in an ace right in the middle of your rotation, right? And, and we know how good Max Freed is. Like, I brag about the fact that Max Freed, I do believe, is the best left-handed pitcher in baseball. I think he's the most consistent left-hander in baseball. He's maybe not been as dynamic as Clayton Kershaw, obviously, at times. Kershaw's been a monster. But in today, in, in the year of our Lord, July 31st of 2023, I think Max, Max Freed is the best left-hander in the game today consistent obviously he can get you some innings obviously and he can strike out guys again maybe not at a crazy clip like a max scherzer does you know or a spencer strider does 
But again, he's a good strikeout pitcher. But this is a real shot in the arm as we're trying to figure out what the rotation has been, right? I mean, it's been Elder, it's been Strider, and it's been Morton. And that's been the three bedrocks of this rotation this year. Literally feels like for the entire season, that's been the only three things that you've been able to count on is those three guys in the rotation. And as those guys have had, you know, again, Elder had some issues here. Morton's been beat up a little bit. Strider's given up, you know, a few runs. You feel like the idea of throwing Max Freed into this rotation is just the elixir that this team needs. And I keep going back and forth about whether or not the Braves are going to add another starter to their rotation. Because if you have the four guys, as we've explained on the show, if you have four guys, you feel like you can make your way through that fifth starter spot, right? You can use your rookies. You can use Schuster and guys like that, you know, to, to fill in those roles. Or if you need a bullpen game every so often, you feel like you can find your way to get through all of that. But when you have two starters that are out, you can't fake it till you make it at that point. You've got to have somebody that nails down one of those spots and can give you some consistent innings. And we were hoping that Michael Soroka would be that guy, that he could be the guy that would come in here and just handle business. And, you know, he would be back on track and he could find a way to find a spot in this rotation. But that hasn't happened yet. So we're kind of, you know, living with those three and then finding solutions on how to get through these other two spots out there. Now with Max Freed back, you know, it feels like that this is a big time acquisition for this club. If he can eat up some innings again, and we don't know what Max Freed is going to be ultimately at the end of the day. Can he be the guy that we've seen over the last couple few years, right? Where he's been, you know, a really good, I mean, he's been their ace. I mean, he's been an ace for, this team and he's pitched really well and maybe Strider has taken over that role now as far as the ace goes but Max Freed is certainly a valuable part of what this rotation is going to be and certainly come playoff baseball we want to see Max Freed be healthy you know again Max Freed was dealing with flu viruses or whatever it was stomach ailments or whatever he had you know going into the playoffs or whatever like that this year or last year I should say and we didn't really see much of Max Freed and then Strider obviously trying to come back from injury. He was hurt and just it did not work out very well for the Braves rotation. So the more guys that they can get back on deck and the more guys that they can get mixed into this rotation, you know, hopefully at some point Kyle Wright's going to find his way back before we get to September. You know, again, if they decided they want to add a, add a starter at the deadline, I got no problem with that. You know, I, I have no problem with adding more starting pitching because again, as we've seen, there's no such thing as too much starting pitching for this team. And we have bigger fish to fry than where the division is right now. I mean, with all due respect, as we've talked about the division being over, you know, now it's 11 and a half games, 12 over the Phillies, 18 over the Mets. I mean, again, this is this, this division is just running away from itself. We've got bigger fish to fry than just what the division is. Now we have to start thinking about playoff baseball. And Max Fried is certainly going to be a big key to that, and he's going to be a huge asset and a huge piece to all of this. But this is all good news, and it looks like that, again, not a moment too soon, that Max Fried is going to find his way back into the starting rotation, and he'll probably join the club this weekend, you know, this next weekend coming up here in Chicago to take on the Cubs 
and get himself back in. And if he can get back to any kind of the form that we've seen, and again, we'll take it start by start by start. And I definitely don't think that we're going to see him on the Partridge family bus on trips to Buford and Smyrna and on the way back. I think once he's up here, he's here to stay. And obviously that, you know, again, he's if he doesn't need any more rehab, he made his fourth rehab start. He got himself up to 79 pitches. That's all good news. Now come into Chicago, eat up some innings, and let's see what we can do from there. And let's see if the Braves add a starter today. And again, you can't have too much starting pitching right now. Hopefully that this is not the bugaboo that has been last year when we got into playoff time. Hopefully that this becomes a strength of ours as the season progresses and moves along. All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard, let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everyday or so. We want you to let us know on whatever podcast platform that you listen on that you're an everyday listener to the show. So we thank you so much for being a part of our growing community, but let us know that you're an everydayer to the program. So now what? So we saw Matt Hennessy get injured on Friday and have to, you know, taken off the field and he did leave on his own accord. He did walk off the field, but they're scheduling, I think an MRI, you know, for today. And Arthur Smith will update us today about what the status of Matt Hennessy is, who has been running with the ones so far in practice. He's been with the ones that left guard. And obviously, look, you know, Hennessy's got some experience and this, that, and the other, and whether it's been good experience or not is, you know, a separate issue. But <clears throat> I, I like the idea of having a Matt Hennessy just from the standpoint of, now look, am I super excited about the idea of, we've talked about, Dolman and Hennessy together, two undersized guys. No, I'm not super excited about that, but I'm willing to give it a chance. But if this means that Matthew Bergeron has to kind of start going in and taking ones, that isn't necessarily a good thing. And not that I don't like Matthew Bergeron and not that I don't think that Bergeron can be a capable guy, but you don't want a guy thrown into a situation because of necessity. Now, I know necessity is the mother of invention, but you don't want to have to put a guy in there that because there aren't better options available, that he's just getting thrown into the mix. And and, and that's what happened with with, uh, with uh, Jalen Mayfield a couple years ago was when their starting left guard got hurt, Mayfield had to switch over to guard and you saw the results and they were disastrous. You know, Bergeron is a guy that you want to work in at his pace and over time and get him acclimated. Because again, he's not played the left guard position. He's never made a start or never played at left guard. He was always a tackle and, and you know, asking him to just, you know, it's not beer league softballs. We've, we've talked about this is not just as easy as, Oh, well, if you just play tackle, you can play guard or whatever like that. No, it, it, there's nuances to it. And you want to work him in at his pace. So hopefully we'll get good news from Arthur Smith later on today as he's expected to update everybody on, on Matt Hennessy. And Hennessy obviously had the weekend to rest himself up and, and get himself ready. But, you know, again, I want to see Bergeron, but I want to see Bergeron taking that job at his pace and, and growing and developing at his kind of level where you just you stair step him upward into that position, not just throw him to the wolves. And this is all we've got. 
and now we're kind of stuck. And I don't know the, the Falcons have other guys that they can play and stuff like that. And even Mayfield can play, you know, left guard. Oh, God forbid, you know, huh? is this? Yeah. God forbid that he plays left guard again. But again, it is a big blow that Hennessy is out. Let's hope that, again, with him walking off the field on his own accord, that this is not anything lingering. He'll have an MRI done. Hopefully, and, and by the way, Arthur Smith did mention the fact that this was something that was lingering from end of last season. I don't know what all that means. Again, we didn't get really kind of indications that Matt Hennessy was maybe as beat up as we thought. But again, this is, you know, one of those situations where, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it is going to be longer term, but hopefully not because I want to see Bergeron be able to acclimate himself to that job at his pace, not just because, we don't have another option, and we just throw him to the wolves. That doesn't do an all young offensive lineman any good, especially when, again, the guys around you are a veteran in Jake Matthews, which is good, but a Drew Dahlman at center who's still very inexperienced, still trying to find his way through the NFL. And Bergeron, I don't, I don't you know, worry about the size or anything like that. Again, he's got all the size in the world. It's not a matter of him getting pushed around, but just the idea of, learning the position and the nuances of it and trying to get himself activated while at the same time, Dolman is trying to figure out a lot, right? Dolman's trying to get a handle on the league and what he needs to do and how to develop and things like that. You know, it's not like Dolman is some wily old veteran that, you know, we've, we've had on this club for a decade. He's a guy that's, you know, only in his second year as well. So hopefully that this isn't a long-term deal from Matt Hennessy. Hopefully that this is something he'll bounce back from pretty quickly. Uh, again, not that Hennessy is the end-all be-all of all things, but this is also why you see the Falcons have hung on to some of their money, right? This is why the Falcons have hung on to some cash, to have some cash at the ready. And we just saw Eddie Goldman retires and they had to bring a defensive tackle in, right? Well, if they have to bring in somebody because of anything lingering for Hennessy, you know, you, you don't want to monkey around with that position where you're waiting for a rookie to just assume that he can take that position over. You want to have a backup plan in place. You want to have a contingency plan so that if things go wrong and your rookie is not developing at the pace that you think or not able to handle that position, then you have somebody that's, you know, again, on, you know, as a, as a, you know, uh, substitute or what have you, um, you know, for that spot, can't afford to monkey around with that spot. You've got to figure out what your solution is going to be, you know, over the season to where we're not mixing and matching. You want your offensive line to be cohesive, right? You don't want to be substituting guys in and out of the, of the lineup for the offensive line. You can do that for your defensive line, but when it comes to your offensive line, you don't want to be substituting guys in and out. So hopefully that this is not anything long-term for Hennessy. Hopefully that this is a quick thing and he gets himself back. Although it was interesting when Arthur Smith said this was dealing with some things that he was having at the end of last year. That's not necessarily a good sign, but again, we'll, we'll navigate the waters, you know, from there. But if Bergeron has to be dropped in, that's not necessarily a good thing. I want to see the rookie play, but I want to see him play at his own pace and see him play at a pace that is suitable for him and his learning and development over the course of this camp and this preseason. 
All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you listen on that you're an everyday listener to the program. So we call them our everydayers. We thank you so much for being a part of our community. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the Sirius XM app as well. And follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 